0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Great day for talk radio. Let's get right into it at the bottom of our two on the Thursday. Ad- midweek edition. My apologies. Uh, starting to feel like a Thursday because Friday's off and it's a long holiday weekend. And uh, that's raised its own series of concerns. As you heard from the mayor earlier, uh, clamping down on park use. Going to be a big blitz this long holiday weekend when people are most apt to want to get out and socialize to a certain extent because into uh, week four, I think a lot of folks are climbing the wall. Uh, Insofar as allaying concerns about uh, being paid, businesses also uh, having a floor put under them. Uh, There was the finance minister, Bill Morneau, and uh, the minister of innovation, uh, Navdeep Bains, talking earlier today about uh, tweaking the system that was announced a couple of weeks ago. And some saw that there were Holes or blind spots in uh, what was on offer with the CERB and the CEWS, which is the wage subsidy, and the other is, of course, the emergency uh, response benefit. Catherine Swift is a former head of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business and a current spokesperson for Working Canadians. She has joined our midweek roundtable. Swifty, how you doing?
1: I'm not bad, Johnny. How you doing?
0: Johnny's good. Thank you for asking. We've also got Potsy on the line. Swiftie, Potsy, <laughs> Potsy and Johnny, and <laughs> right there. And you know him as the former Liberal MPP for Beaches East York and a management consultant in the emerging low carbon economy. How's Arthur hanging in?
2: Never better. So. <laughs> oh, wow. oh come on!
0: Tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> really? Wow. Stuck at home, nowhere to go. In your life, right. Arthur. And no friends to hang <laughs> well, with. Okay. <laughs> Wow, Uh, that bar's set relatively low in your life, isn't it, Arthur?
2: (laughs) My good friend Dennis Mills taught me that years ago. That's right, I remember Uh, Dennis
1: saying that all the time, yep.
0: (laughs) Never never better, you got it. All right, well, Swifty, let me ask you, I mean, things are looking up. Air Canada, 16,500 employees are going to be on this wage subsidy of 75% of uh, 58,700. Air Canada, uh, they're taking advantage of it. A big company. Is that appropriate to do? Was it meant for companies like them? And do you think they'll meet the other 25% requirement the Prime Minister spelled out?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, I I don't think there's any discrimination here uh, among, like, different companies or whatever. Everybody's hurting. Granted, some are hurting more than others, for sure. But I I think, and we've said this before with you, John, that uh, getting, getting money out to people employees, businesses, to hang on to their employees quickly is, I think, the major objective here. So, no, I don't have any problem with uh, companies taking advantage of it right now. And, again, we, you know, as long as all this is tracked down the road a apiece, and there will be some abuse, there, there is in the, you know, in normal times, alone now when governments are, you know, shoveling it out by the, by the billion, um, we, can, we can reconcile a lot of this after the fact once the crisis is over.
0: All right. And so, Arthur, you know, when uh, the the finance minister announced that people because there was a, a consideration that if you had to equate uh, last March to uh, this March and had a 30 percent drop in revenue, that was the criteria by which or criterion by which you would qualify. They've changed that because uh, that was seen as being kind of ambiguous. Now, January, February, the two months leading into the crisis really taking effect in March, Is that tweak, then, Uh, he went about it the right way here? And anything else you might want to say as far as tweaking?
2: Yeah, no, I think that was the right thing. He must be listening to our show because we talked about that last week, that setting the bar that way just created completely unnecessary complications. We're trying to free up money now, and uh, and this has an opportunity to do that. But, you know, talking about this Air Canada situation, what we're really happening here is we're avoiding a huge, liability for corporations when they lay off people without some kind of a layoff agreement they're actually violating employment contracts and by having them come back this way they're not exposing them to common law damages associated with wrongful dismissal so this is really important that large corporations understand that if if they're not unionized you don't have a layoff provision just laying people off could trigger wrongful dismissal suits
0: that's an important point you make because i've heard from some even smaller business people who have wondered uh where the legalities rise with the idea of laying people off uh and not being dinged for wrongful dismissal even in extraordinary circumstances as we're now facing uh you're saying all the common law rules still apply arthur
2: absolutely there's nothing within the common law that's anticipated to my understanding you know i have a background in labor management and, and used to do a lot of work in the wrongful dismissal field and I, I know of no case law which suggests that a pandemic gives you an employer the right to terminate employment. In Lying fact, it in, definitely is a termination.
1: Yeah, no. It, in fact, I've heard employment lawyers, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks, say precisely that, that no, the normal rules do apply. The normal law does apply, but it, but again, to to be able to protect companies in a situation they have no control over, uh, just makes you know it's, it's just common sense. So what
0: you're saying is uh, it is almost incumbent upon a company, if they don't want to face litigation, you've got to have trigger this uh, wage subsidy and uh, try to top up the other 25%. But that's only up to uh, a maximum 58700 correct?
2: Correct, yes. And, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's there's a two-pronged approach here, too, because you also want to keep that critical uh, intelligence within your organization. You want to keep those employees engaged with you. And, and if you don't have them on in this kind of a program and now you have to go and rehire everybody back when it time it'd be really difficult to plan for your recovery so this is important both from an uh, a, a human right human uh, relations perspective but also from a, a legal perspective
0: you know but I've wondered in the last couple of days and uh, not a lot of folks are simpatico with this but there are people making well north of 587 and uh, what does a company do in that instance Swifty
1: Well, they they can only, well, I guess it depends on their individual circumstances. Uh, But given that most are pretty beleaguered right now and aren't exactly rolling in dough, uh, I would think they can only, you know, they can only accept the government money up to a certain extent. And then I guess they top up to, you know, the amount that's feasible for them. So it's, there's no, you know, there's no one size fits all, that's for sure. It would very much depend on the individual company situation.
2: Yeah,
0: that puts them in a, those, between a rock and a hard place. They got no income, yeah. and you've got somebody's making six figures. Where do you take it, Arthur?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it speaks to mitigation on the legal side that they are getting something um, if they accept it, and that would be a mitigation against damages. But sure, if someone's making two hundred thousand now, they're capped out at uh, at uh, fifty eight thousand. It still could be conceived as a wrongful dismissal.
0: All right, so I you're obligated to to then to top them up.
2: No, I don't think there should be in a position. The company would have to top that up.
0: Yeah, no, this um, is what I'm saying. So the company, yeah. even despite not having any income, still obligated. Otherwise, they could be facing wrongful dismissal, which, you know, is going to lead to having to pay out a uh, relatively high claim, too. Or, or this... bankruptcy. I mean,
2: that's or the other bank... side. You, you, and, and that's part of the negotiations you'll have with those high-wage-earning individuals. You really want to put us into bankruptcy and get nothing? Interesting.
1: Yeah, well, On there's the... going to be an awful lot of legal fallout, <laughs> as well as every other kind of fallout uh, once, the, you know, once the dust settles here.
0: Swifty and Potsy, let me ask you about this wage subsidy, too. Uh, whereas people with the Canada Emergency Response Benefit uh, have already had many, many claims, millions of claims processed and immediate. People are just uh, waxing rhapsodic about this, saying, you know, just a couple of minutes and already, you know, ding, it was into my account, and this is the 2000 a month up to four months, uh, the CEWS, which is the wage subsidy, may take a minimum of three to outside six weeks to kick in. Is that still too slow, Swifty?
1: Yeah, it's too slow. It's too slow. Uh, my previous or previous uh, employer, you know, CFIB, did some uh, surveying recently of, of small businesses and uh, found that over half of them uh, that, was, that was too long. Like, they couldn't last that long. So, no, this, this is going to be a real bad delay, and it probably speaks to the fact that there should have been a little bit of a more straightforward program from the get-go. Uh, it's Of course, it's a learning curve, and, and everybody's trying to react, you know, on a split-second basis, it seems. But um, I think the simpler approach to just give everybody some dough <laughs> uh, right off the top was probably the preferable one. Yeah,
0: I keep talking about the American model where... Uh the Fed backs uh, the banks, or the government backs the banks, and then they basically uh, loan the company money to keep payroll intact. And uh, if it's intact for a certain period, till we get back up and running, or whatever, the loan is forgiven. And that's the backstop, so you don't have to go through the rigmarole of going online, albeit uh, you know, however uh, you know simple or streamlined it may seem to be. Would that be a better model, Arthur?
2: Yeah, I think it would. I think it is a better model. It speaks to the fact that you you will have a time at tax time next year to rationalize what people took out, and what other monies that they made, what their what the opportunities were, and that's the time to sort of scale back and figure out where people were and whether people were taking advantage of the situation. Putting onerous rules, you got to meet this criteria, and one of the CRB benefit or one of the ways is you can't make any money anywhere else off part of that two thousand a month. If you made fifty dollars selling a jar of jam as an entrepreneur, then you're not eligible for the next period. And those kinds of rules are crazy. Yeah, People, yeah. You, know, you just you just have to get money into people's hands and sort this thing out uh, when the crisis has been a, has been resolved.
0: Hey, Swifty, if you're going to get two thousand a month for four months, uh, two months in, somebody offers you a job uh, that might even be worth less. Are you apt or less apt to take that job? It just continue taking the two grand a month for four months.
1: Yeah, well- I guess I mean it would depend on how long this thing seems to be going to last, and if we have better information, which hopefully we will in some, you know, in the next couple to three weeks. Therefore, you think you'll be back in a more, you know, more normal situation, then that'll affect your decision. But you're right, the old bird in the hand argument. You know, the the notion of, uh, as Arthur said, it's a very rigid program. You can't earn a cent without losing the whole, you know, the whole two grand type of thing. Um, it would be tempting. To- to say no I'll just I'll just take my 2k and uh, you know not not risk a job that may be you know may be uncertain too down the road.
0: Yeah you touched on the modeling I'll get around to that in a moment just wanted to ask Arthur first off though student jobs uh, this is where the employer uh, the subsidy is 100% and it continues to February 21 of 2021. Don't you think a lot of there' be a, a run on student employment? Everybody's going to want to employ students at the minimum wage if they can because it's fully subsidized,
2: Arthur. Well, they're not there with these quality skill sets that people need to run their businesses, but it does it's a great entrepreneur or sorry an apprenticeship opportunity for students to get the kinds of work experiences they need in this troubled environment. So I, I think that's a good program uh, and I hope it doesn't keep kids out of school that uh, September, if they would otherwise be going back, they'll say, no, I'm just going to keep this job uh, and, and not, not do the schooling part. So I'm not 100% understanding the rationale of running this out until February next year.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I agree. But again, hopefully we'll be in a better position of knowing when the he- what the heck's going on at that point so everybody can make more rational decisions, you know, based on sort of medium-term planning, not just their immediate needs.
0: Yeah. Well, they're saying because semesters will be delayed or whatever, and uh, the whole summer employment is sort of shoved into the fall and what have you. But nonetheless, double in the details, as it is in many cases. But we did touch on modeling, too, so I wanted to come back and pursue where that is going to take us. Catherine Swift, Arthur Potts on The Oakley Show. Thanks for listening to The John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at
1: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.